companies, say Pfizer, for example, is forced or compelled to disclose their trade secrets on how they make vaccines. Heaven forbid there's another pandemic, say five years from now, six years from now. What companies are going to want to jump into the fray to solve the problem if they know or they believe the end game is going to be, we're going to have to disclose how we make our vaccines. Hello, and welcome to another edition of the Mince 11 Exclusive Rights IP Podcast. Today, um, myself, Daniel Wanger, a partner at Mince, and Todd Buck, off council in the Washington, D.C. office, we're going to talk about a major recent development in the IP world um, and really the business world, the pharma world, the world itself in general, about the Biden administration announcing the agreement to waive IP rights in face of the uh, worldwide COVID-19 pandemic. So, Todd, can you give us some background about this and uh, like how we got here? Sure, sure. So backing up just a little bit. So the United States is part of the WTO, the World Trade Organization. And part of the many agreements that are part of the World Trade Organization is this or a, a agreement called TRIPS, T-R-I-P-S. And being something other than what one of my wife's friends does as she approaches a set of stairs, it stands for trade-related aspects of IP rights. That's what the agreement stands for. So to be a member of country of the WTO, you need to agree to abide by this TRIPS agreement. And TRIPS is, is really just a minimum set of standards that each country uh, agrees to uphold and abide by, uh, whether it's for patent protection or enforcement of that protection as well. In 1996, in January of 1996, TRIPS came into force. Um, it deals with copyrights, it deals with trade secrets, it deals with patents, it deals with industrial designs, etc. So what happened is in about October of 2020, and the timing here to me is, is important here, this is before any vaccines had, had been uh, authorized for use, India and South Africa went to the WTO and they, they asked for a waiver of some sections of the TRIPS agreement. And specifically, they asked for a waiver of sections one, four, five, uh, seven, and I believe eight of the TRIPS agreement. Um, in other words, they were concerned about patent rights interfering with the distribution of, of a vaccine uh, in view of the pandemic. Uh, again, you, just, me, uh, you, just, you just mentioned patent rights, um, but don't those sections of TRIPS implicate more than just patents? They do. In, in fact, to me, that's probably one of the more chilling uh, requests there, uh, when, especially when it comes to vaccines, is the um, uh, trade secrets. And uh, as for both of our listeners out there, just to, just so they're understanding, trade secrets are, pat, are, are uh, intellectual property rights that don't necessarily aren't necessarily documented. It's something that a company uses uh, and, in fact, does keep secret. And such, it's everything from the formula to Coke to the to the recipe for Campbell's tomato soup, those are trade secrets. The way a pharmaceutical company manufactures its vaccines, a lot of that is highly technical, very specific, and also subject to, to trade secrets. Because yeah, the way that I read the um, announcement, we, have, we don't have any legislation or, or anything official. It's just a, a press release saying that they're going to do something. By they, I mean the administration. The administration says they're going to waive IP, not patent protection. So th this is a little bigger than just what we would normally dabble in patents. That, that's right. And, and again, I think that's probably those of us that are in the life sciences space, that's the most 
troubling aspect of it. It's, this is a very, very broad waiver of, of potentially all IP rights. Uh, it could it would be one thing perhaps if it were a, a waiver of patent rights. Um, um, even then, I think there would be a problem in the, in the industry with that. But certainly, getting into enforcing companies to uh, you know to to disclose their their trade secrets that's going to be a problem uh, for I would hope any really sort of organization going forward, whether you're high tech or whether you're life sciences, uh, that a country could potentially force you to disclose trade secrets. So what, what is the Biden administration hoping to accomplish with this waiver? Because it seems like like what they're trying to do is advance the proliferation of vaccines to parts of the world that are having trouble uh, implementing it. Yeah, I, I don't you know, there's there's a there's a cynical uh, response that I'm not going to talk about here, but I'm not exactly sure what they're hoping to accomplish other than try to disseminate the vaccines more quickly. Uh, the, the problem that I have right now is that there's no evidence that uh, intellectual property rights or patent rights are getting in the way of vaccine dissemination. Uh, vaccines are being disseminated uh, throughout the world, uh, probably as quickly as can possibly be. And there's no there's no evidence that Pfizer, J&J, Moderna uh, and, and their partners as well, because there's IP rights with, the, with their partners as well, are getting in the way of any vaccine dissemination. Again, to me, the timing is interesting. You know, they asked for this waiver in October of 2020. These were um, were authorized for use in December of 2020. So even before these vaccines were authorized for use, India and South Africa were already asking for a waiver of IP rights when, in theory, those vaccines didn't exist at that point. So, and there has yet to be any evidence that I've seen, you know, that would indicate that IP rights are getting in the way of vaccine dissemination. Yeah, because we know for at least the Moderna vaccine, not the Moderna, sorry, the Pfizer vaccine, there is a complicated, intricate storage and transport requirement. So, I think the same is true, but to a less extent for Moderna and J&J might be a little bit easier. But it seems to me like there are bottlenecks that unrelated to IP, manufacturing, uh, know-how, distribution, logistics that are just as equally inhibiting vaccine manufacturing distribution as IP rights or maybe exclusively from IP rights. Because my understanding is that a lot of these drug companies have actually already started entering licensing agreements for their IP so that other people can start making them if they have the know-how. Predictably, uh, the industry response to uh, the Biden administration's agreement to uh, waive the IP rights here wasn't very positive. In fact, Biotechnology Innovation Organization, or BIO, came out with a press release expressing their disappointment. And they made an analogy, too, that, that having or handing someone a recipe to cook a particular meal doesn't really help if you don't have a kitchen. And I think that's to your point. There's a lot of logistics that goes into you know, vaccine production from soup to nuts. And just because you're handing someone uh, the blueprints uh, for a kitchen doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to be able to make that particular recipe. And, and in fact, in some of these countries, the facilities aren't even there yet and up and running. So it's going to take time to even build these um, uh, facilities to the extent that this, this waiver is granted. Um, so there are issues with the proposal, just the logistics of the proposal in and of itself, that's not going to solve uh, vaccine distribution. So what's the what's the what's the other side of it, though? What's the administration or somebody who supports this waiver? Because I 
I heard that um, like Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren are very much in favor of the waiver. Biden administration is obviously in favor of the waiver. They they agree to it. So what are they saying that will be the positive outcome of this agreement? Yeah, I mean, and in theory, you want the vaccine distributed throughout the world as quickly as possible. We have to get the pandemic under control. To waive IP rights, I'm not sure how it solves that. I think for, and again, this was not my words, it was another press release from, from the industry, was an, an uninformed government representative making comments about IP rights and their and them, the necessity for them being waived um, isn't going to solve this. And I don't know how it's solved, not by waiving IP rights. So it sounds good. I know it sounds really good to go to, to the press, to social uh, media and say, let's make sure that there's no IP rights. But that's not what the issue is here. The issue is not IP rights. The issue is vaccine dissemination. Uh, and in fact, MIT Technology Review uh, wrote an article about how to address the, these, the problems in India. And this was written uh, May 1 of 2021. So this was just prior to um, the Biden administration agreeing to the waiver. And it, it's an interesting article because it does walk through the mistakes that were made in India when it came to trying to combat uh, the pandemic. And interesting, the article doesn't get into anything about IP rights and why the IP rights are having a problem with, with getting vaccines submitted. In fact, India is making a lot of the vaccines uh, already. Uh, and it, the question is, is, did the country order enough uh, vaccines ahead of time, like the United States government did? They ordered enough vaccines to allow production. So there have been missteps along the way. And by the way, I'm not suggesting in any stretch of the imagination that, that uh, pharmaceutical companies have always acted in a saintly manner. I don't think that um, that's the argument here. The argument here is how do we get vaccines out? Uh, another article I read said that this debate between pharmaceutical companies and, and, and government entities about patent rights is really distracting from the issue. The issue is let's get as many vaccines made and produced as possible and get it, get it out there, regardless of IP rights. So if, if, the, if the point is um, from the industry, and that's basically what I've seen across the, the commentary that I've read, is that this doesn't actually, it might sound good to some people, but it won't actually do much on the ground to advance the cause for vaccine distribution, manufacturing distribution. So what, what can we do other than waiving IP in order to get there? Well, there's a lot of us in the in the industry that think that the that the tools and mechanisms within TRIPS is already there. Actually, um, so back during the HIV/AIDS crisis in the uh, mid to late '90s and early 2000s, TRIPS was actually amended to allow for countries, member countries, to grant compulsory licenses for IP uh, rights related to pharmaceuticals. Now, interestingly. Uh, and by the way, that was formally amended into TRIPS uh, in 2017. And so, interestingly, the broad declaration for compulsory licenses, to me, is broad enough to include this epidemic. In fact, the language of the declaration regarding HIV-AIDS really is broad enough to include this current uh, epidemic or pandemic, I should say. In fact, uh, Article 1 of that said that there's a public health problem affecting many developing and the least developed countries, including uh, health problems associated with HIV, AIDS, tuberculosis, malaria, and other epidemics. 
So there's there's a there's language already in there. So are you saying are you saying that the solution here is instead of waiving IP rights, the compulsory license would allow the WTO to force companies instead of no no compensation for their IP rights, but to enter ma- mandatory license agreements with countries that um, need it. I think that's I think that's one one solution that should be explored. I don't think we just need to throw the baby out with the bathwater here in this situation. And and to be honest with you, watching and observing how the WTO worked through the uh, HIV AIDS crisis with pharmaceutical companies is 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 telling here. There's always a public aspect. There's always a public health aspect to to patent rights, right? You can't keep everything off the market. And so the WTO really worked with its member countries during that time to come to a consensus about balancing the needs for public health versus IP rights. And the compulsory licensing scheme is is what they came up with. So that can be or, or could be a model for us to look at here for getting vaccines disseminated. And again, there, there are parts of the TRIPS agreement that are already in place that would allow that. And in fact, some of the main... Um, articles of TRIPS, those were drafted with that in mind as well. So you've got Article 7 and Article 8 of TRIPS, and this was the originally drafted TRIPS um, agreement back in 1996 that says, um, Article 8 says, members may, in formulating or amending their laws and regulations, adopt measures necessary to protect public health. So between the amendments that occurred in 2001 in, in um response to the HIV AIDS epidemic, as well as the original articles in TRIPS, there's a lot of us that believe that the solution is already there within within the TRIPS uh, agreement without having to resort to uh, completely derogating companies' IP rights. You know, to play devil's advocate from that point of view, or I, I know there's, there's commentary that, you know, nobody's living under a rock here. People are going to say that this is a special case. We've never been confronted with something like this before. Whether that's true or not is, is a different question. That's what some people believe. Isn't this, if, if ever we're going to have a time to call on the a special case where we would need to do everything we possibly could to proliferate vaccines and make sure they're made, distributed, and, and given out accordingly is, is now and do everything we possibly can for that? Yes, I, I think the answer is yes. We need to do everything we possibly can. The question is, is... What are we proposing that will allow us to get to that end game of doing everything we can for vaccine dissemination? And again, I think people in the industry are looking at the question of where's the evidence? Where is there any indication that IP rights are in any way hindering vaccine development and vaccine dissemination? And so uh, I I think, uh, you know, my clients, I think most clients uh, in the life sciences industry would be willing to have a conversation of what can we do to get vaccine and therapeutics out to the market as quickly as possible. But that has to be balanced. There's always going to be a balance between public health and IP rights. And so there has to be a balance there. And when there's no evidence that we have seen in the industry that IP rights are hindering vaccine development and vaccine dissemination, then we ha- we're sort of left scratching our heads wondering, why are we talking about this? Yeah, because I like to think of um, situations like this, not just as what does this do for me right now, but what is it going to do for me five years from now, 10 years from now, 20 years from now? What are the long-term effects of any decision that we make on a scale like what the IP waiver is here? So 
I can think of several things off the top of my head that <laughs> might be affected by saying, in this situation, we're going to waive all your IP rights. Well, every time that you waive IP rights or every time that you tax something, you get less of it. And this is essentially a, in some sense, it's a tax. It's not actually a tax, but it, you can think of it in those terms where you're saying, if you do these things, if you make these vaccines, if you invest in these infrastructure, one day something really important might happen where we are going to just say we need to take it. And that's the kind of thing that scares me when I see situations like this. Not like it's not necessary in some sense, not what, not like it's not important for the companies who are working on this stuff and took grant money from the U.S. government and um, to develop these things as fast as possible to do everything we can to make sure that they keep doing it. But I want those companies to do it again if we ever need it. That's the kind of consideration that that I get worried about and what the effects of the waiver are gonna be on what happens in the future. So right now we have these vaccines, it's a question of making them, but what about 15 years from now, 50 years from now, when you know the inevitable epidemic pandemic happens again, because of course it will. Right, yeah, I, I think that's the biggest uh, concern here is is not necessarily this particular set of facts, because I do think people are trying to work as quickly as possible to get a vaccine out. The question really is, is if companies, say Pfizer, for example, is forced or compelled to disclose their trade secrets on how they make vaccines, heaven forbid there's another pandemic, say five years from now, six years from now, what companies are going to want to jump into the fray to solve the problem if they know or they believe the end game is going to be, we're going to have to disclose how we make our vaccines. And so some of these vaccine production methods are applicable to all vaccines that they make. And so you're not just disclosing a specific vaccine or a specific therapeutic, you could be disclosing trade secrets on your entire vaccine portfolio. So how many companies are going to want to jump into that to where when they realize Pfizer was forced to do it, Moderna was forced to do it, J&J was forced to do it, who's going to solve the next problem knowing that maybe they're not going to have any IP rights going forward? I also wonder what the mechanism by which you force a company to disclose their trade secrets are anyway. Patents are easy, right? We file public patent applications all the time. Those are right. of public record, copyrights, trademarks. Trade secrets are a special form of IP. And if what you're saying is that that's the real... That's the real concern here. Sitting here right now, I don't even know how you do it. How do you go to Pfizer and say, you have to tell us exactly how you make that vaccine formulation and disclose your trade secrets? I, I'm just not sure what the enforcement mechanism for that is either. Yeah, I don't, I don't know either. Um, <laughs> one last thing about this is you also have to understand a little bit how the WTO generally operates. Um, it's one thing for, you know, the United States and other countries to say, we're, you know, we want an IP waiver or we want a specific provision waived. Generally speaking, the WTO uh, works by consensus. It's not a majority rule type of organization. So that's why it took a little bit longer uh, going back to in our history lesson, the HIV AIDS epidemic, for them to come to a consensus of the compulsory license. And now all, the, all countries have have signed up for that. So just because the United States has backed this, that doesn't mean necessarily that this is going to happen. And so, you know, the UK has expressed uh, resistance, at least uh, in the past, they expressed resistance to uh, granting the IP waiver. Uh, the EU certainly has as well. So there's a handful of countries that are out there that have said, we're not really sure about this yet. And so even if the United States is backing it, 
because of the way that the WTO rules by consensus, it's possible that this won't be granted or it's possible this, this, there won't be an agreement here. So this could be much ado about nothing. And I think those of us in the industry would like to think that this ends up being much ado about nothing for a variety of reasons. One is the vaccines are being disseminated so quickly and so efficiently to where by the time consensus is built at the WTO, the pandemic is gone. It won't matter anymore. Uh, but but jumping into this really, really quickly and granting the waiver, I think that's the biggest problem. I think people just need to step back and take a look at the evidence, take a look and see really what the problem is here with uh, vaccine dissemination, and then honestly and critically evaluate if waiving IP rights will solve that problem. In my view, it does not. I think in a lot of people's view in the patent world, it does not. Well, all right. Um, this was obviously big news in, in, like I said at the beginning of the podcast, IP world, uh, business world, pharma world, and the world in general. So we're going to see what happens as it, as it moves on and if the waiver actually gets put in place. And if anything else happens, we'll obviously get back on and talk about it. And so um, thanks for listening. And thanks, Todd, for giving your, uh, your summary of what happened and what's going to happen and uh, see what happens next. Yeah, we'll stay tuned. Thanks. Thanks for having me.